Hello, listeners. My name is Darla Sharp, and I want to welcome you to the Reality of Christ Radio. This episode is titled Water Baptism, Ritual or Weapon. And what we're going to learn here today is that water baptism is not a ritual, and it's not to be taken lightly. Um, what I've seen in the churches many times is that people uh, partake in water baptism as a ritual, and it's not a ritual. It's actually weaponary. Christ came, the Bible says Christ came to destroy the works of the enemy. So everything that Christ walked out, he was doing to destroy darkness. He he never did anything as a ritual, ever. He always did everything to uh, concerning destroying the works of the enemy. <clears throat> Excuse me. So the student of the Bible, I, I'm going to give you information concerning John's baptism and Jesus's baptism, okay? Because the student of the Bible must never mistake John the Baptist's baptism for Jesus's baptism, because the baptism of John was has no relevance of for the New Testament. It was just a foreshadowing of Jesus's baptism, okay? And it was for the remission of sin. It was never for the forgiveness of sin because the only way sin can be forgiven is through the shedding of blood. So when even in even in John's uh, time, John the Baptist time, that wasn't for uh, forgiveness of sin because only by the shedding of blood can can one be forgiven of sin. That's the way God set it up in the earth, okay? So um, as the Apostle Paul had arrived at the town of Ephesus with full intentions of evangelizing the city and leaving a group of committed believers behind before he proceeded any further with his apostolic calling, um, and this is, this is how Paul did things. He, he had a systematic way that he evangelized uh, Gentile populations, okay? But when uh, Paul arrived upon the scene in Ephesus, he found a group of around 12 people who seemed to be committed to the Lord. But he couldn't help but notice they walked in absolutely no power. They were absolutely powerless, but they believed in Christ. And that's the way the church looks today, basically. We see a lot of people who love the Lord, but nobody is walking in the power that uh, Paul and the apostles walked in, which is still available today. This prompted Paul to ask the question if there were any who were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Their response was that they had not even heard of the Holy Spirit, okay? So I'm going to read from the book of Acts, and it's in the New Testament, Acts 19, 3 through 5, and this is the Amplified Version. And he asked, into what baptism were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John's baptism was with the baptism of repentance, continually telling the people that they should believe on the one who was to come after him, that is, in Jesus. Okay, on hearing this, they were baptized again in the name of the Lord. So if water baptism is just a ritual and has no spiritual significance, why did Paul take the time to explain the two, to, the, to these people the difference between John's baptism and Jesus's baptism? After all, both baptisms are performed in the same manner, okay? Not only did Paul take the time to explain the difference between the two baptisms, he actually rebaptized them. Okay, so this is very significant. Okay, it's a very significant point. It was at this point in time that they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so it becomes very obvious by Paul's actions that there was more to water baptism than just a performing a, a religious ritual. There was something going on, and he recognized it. Okay, because the church was powerless, or the, or that that body of believers was powerless. Okay. So I'm going to um, go on into speaking about two different kinds of warfare. The Bible 
actually explains two different kinds of warfare, okay? There's a warfare that's actual warfare that it talks about in Ephesians. That's spiritual warfare in the heavenlies, okay? That's actual spiritual warfare that you can operate in against angels of darkness, okay? But you don't do that without the leading of the Holy Spirit, and I'll get into that more. But there's actually another warfare that the Bible talks even more about, and that's the warfare over your mind, okay? So I'm going to go in by saying, um, I'm, going to, I'm going to teach on this right now. The scripture clearly defines two realms of warfare against the devil. The first battlefield is found in Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world, excuse me, <clears throat> against spiritual wickedness in high places. It's quite evident in that scripture that the warfare described in the above scripture is against principalities and powers, which are fallen angels that went with Lucifer when he rebelled against God. Fallen angels are different from demons because demons are earthbound. Okay, you need to understand that. Demons are earthbound. The Bible says that demons walk <clears throat> through desert places. They don't fly through desert places. Okay? So this warfare that's described in Ephesians, in Ephesians 5, is against the rulers of darkness of this world that are in the heavenly places. Therefore, this warfare deals specifically with the princes of darkness that have the task of creating abnormal events within the atmospheric world around us, okay? And you see this in the book of Daniel in chapter 10 when he fought, when Michael the archangel fought with a fallen angel over, uh, over Persia and Greece, okay? <clears throat> you can read that in the book of Daniel chapter 10. It's very clear in there that something is going on in the heavenlies because Daniel or Michael the archangel couldn't get to Daniel to talk to him for two weeks because he was fighting a demonic uh, a fallen dark angel in the heavenlies. Okay. So now we're going to talk about the battlefield of the mind, the second realm of warfare. Okay. Uh, that we, that the Bible talks about, um, that's not in the heavenlies is about the demonic forces. Okay. The ones that walk around on the earth. Okay. <clears throat> so this is a battle against the ground troops, the demonic forces that have the task of developing heresies in the mind of humanity. Okay. In the mind of humanity that will blind them to the reality of Christ and all that he purchased for them personally. Okay. And I'm going to give you a scripture to back this up. Second Corinthians 4, 4 says, <clears throat> excuse me, I should have brought water with me. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which don't believe. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine on them. Okay. The question that often comes to, into the minds of Christians is, how could Satan blind my mind? so that I could believe a lie, okay? The answer is found in 1 Timothy 4.1, where Paul says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, plural, and doctrines of devils, plural.
plural. Okay. So there are seducing spirits <clears throat> and doctrines of devils that wrap themselves in the mind of believers. Okay. And um, they're called seducing spirits. Seducing mean that you're not knowing that this is going on with you, that it sounds good to you and it sounds enticing. It's enticing. Remember, Satan comes as an angel of light. So uh, what I just read to you, it's obvious that spirits and devils are in the plural and not the singular. Therefore, it's not Satan himself who's blinding the minds of humanity, but rather his demon spirits. Okay. His demon spirits do the groundwork on the earth. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the weapons they use are enticing philosophies that have a scriptural foundation that have been taken out of context. Okay. That's how cults start. They pull a scripture out of context and they create a philosophy around it. And people that don't know anything follow them and call them gods. Okay. That's what it's talking about here. That's why the Bible warns us in 1 John 4, 1, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they be of God or not. Okay. So these philosophies, okay, that the seducing spirits, um, uh, let's see, proclaim, I guess would be a word. They create strongholds in our minds that need to be pulled down. Okay. As it's found in second Corinthians 10, three through five. Okay. And this is the foundational scripture for warfare over your mind. If you want to uh, learn about warfare over your mind, it's in second Corinthians 10, three through five. Okay. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through, the, through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, that's in the mind, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. I didn't bring a glass of water with me. That's a foundational scripture where it's where it's talking about we have to deal with what's going on in our minds. Okay. And that's what I'm here to talk to you about today. I'm talking to you, I'm going to talk to you about water baptism and how it is a weapon over your mind. Just as we receive the Spirit of Christ into our hearts by faith, water baptism we also have to uh, receive by faith. But we have to understand that it's, a, it's doing an operation over our minds, okay? It's an operation not made by the hands of man, but by the power of God, the Word of God says, okay? I'm going to have to stop and give me a drink. Hold on. In Colossians 2, 11 through 12, it says, and this is the amplified version, in him also you were circumcised with a circumcision not made with hands, but in a, in a spiritual circumcision performed by Christ by stripping off the body of the flesh, the whole corrupt carnal nature with its passions and lusts. That has to do with the mind. Thus you were circumcised when you were buried with him in your baptism, 
in which you were also raised with him to a new life through your faith in the working of God as displayed when he raised him up from the dead. Okay, so what's this saying? I just told you a minute ago that baptism is an actual operation over the mind. This is the scripture that proves that. He's saying that this is an operation not made by the hands of man, but by the power of God. Okay. And it ha it's dealing with the corrupt nature, the nature of your mind, the, your carnal nature, nature with its passions and lusts. Okay. So just as your spirit gets quickened when you get saved, okay, when you get born again, water baptism is something that happens to your mind when you go under that water and receive water baptism as a supernatural operation, not made by the hands of man, but by the power of God. Okay. It's for your mind. Okay. Your soul, your soul is your mind. Okay. And in first Peter three twenty one, it says, and baptism, which is a figure of their deliverance, does now also save you from inward questionings and fears, not by the removing of outward bodily filth like bathing, but by providing you with the answer of a good and clear conscience, inward cleanliness and peace before God. Okay? So right there, that's talking about God. When it's talking about a clear conscience, the answer to a good and clear conscience, it has to do with your mind. So just as you are born again, and that's all through faith, it's a supernatural experience that you go through when you're born again. This is also another supernatural experience that you go through. And what happens is it's like there's a circumcision of your mind. And he's pulling off the guard that over your mind. So it allows you to understand supernatural things. I'll give you, I'll give you an example. How many of you, when you read the Bible, there's a supernatural sleep that comes over you? Well, that's because your mind hasn't been circumcised yet. You have to go through water baptism for that supernatural sleep to come off of you. When you're reading the Bible, you can read novels, you can read the newspaper, you can read anything. But when you go to read the word of God, there's a supernatural sleep that comes over you. That's because your mind is not allowing spiritual things to come in, okay, into your mind, into your soul. So God provided a way through a supernatural operation of dealing with that in your life. And it's through water baptism. Water baptism is a supernatural experience, just like being born again is. And people need to start receiving it. It's been lost in the church for quite some time. People just do it as a ritual. And that's not the way it was set up. That's not the way God set it up. Okay. Everything Christ did, he did to destroy the works of the enemy. Okay. And from birth, we're programmed into the ways of this world. So there's a guard over our mind. Okay. And when, when we go down under that water by submersion, I'm not talking about sprinkling. I'm talking about by submersion. Okay then it's an, there's an operation that takes place when you receive it. And it, it's a circumcision of your mind. And all of a sudden, your mind becomes clear to the things of, of in, even in the word of God. It'll open up the word of God for you. Okay. So now I'm going to go on to um, how we went into the dark ages. Okay. Because this all lines up with 
This is all going to be part of the um, teaching. But I'm going to explain why we went into the Dark Ages. Because we went into the Dark Ages, or what was called the Medieval Times, when three foundational truths, one of them being water baptism, were removed from teaching in the earth, literally. They were, they were destroyed. They were removed from teaching in the earth. And when those three foundational teachings were removed, or foundational teachings, uh, uh, yeah, truths, they're foundational truths, um, were removed from the earth, the earth actually went into the dark ages. Okay? And I'm going to get into that next. I just got to get my um, paperwork together. Hold on. For the tragic decline of the early church to take place, the devil himself had to rob the church of three foundational truths. The three foundational truths that were literally taken from teaching were justification by faith in the blood of Christ. That's number one. Number two, water baptism, which is what we're talking about here today. And number three, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. These three truths are based on the blood, the water, and the spirit. And each deal with the part of the triunity of man. Okay? <clears throat> Justification through faith in the blood, okay, was lost when the church denied that salvation could be attained by releasing faith in the blood of Christ. It was substituted, it was substituted by a works doctrine for salvation. Like the only way to get to God is through good works, is what the what it was substituted by. And that's not how it works. And there's tons of scriptures <clears throat> to prove that. And I'll just share the scripture verses. I'm not going to quote the scripture. Ephesians 2, 4 through 9. Write that down. Galatians 2, 16. Galatians 2, 20 through 21. Galatians 5, 1 through 4. Those all talk about justification through faith in the blood of Christ. Okay. The early church also lost the um, fun fundamental truth of baptism of the Holy Spirit within the first century of its birth. It, within the first century of the church birth, it quit believing in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The, the thing that happened on Pentecost, when Pentecost happened, it just became a historical event to them, and that was it. Okay? But losing this truth deprived the church of supernatural strength of God. And caused her to revert back to mere human strength. For this truth to be lost, the early church had to deny any scripture that referred to the power gifts or the revelation gifts, the revelatory gifts. They also had to deny the ministry gifts of apostles and prophets, okay, for them not to talk about the Holy Ghost. So they denied a lot out of the word of God. Soon there was no gift of discernment of, of spirits in operation because they weren't teaching and walking in the power of the Holy Ghost. So there was no discernment of spirits in operation, just the gift of suspicion, okay? There was no word of wisdom or word of knowledge, but rather the gift of guessing, okay? There was no gift of prophecy to confirm inner direction, only the gift of manipulation through human wisdom and so on. Okay, so a lot went on when we lost justification through faith in the blood of Christ. We lost um, teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is the power gifts. Okay, there's power gifts there. And the other thing that we lost was water baptism by submersion. They started replacing it with ritual sprinkling, which has no significance whatsoever. Water was uh, baptism was given to the church for the circumcision 
of the spirit and dealt with the mind, okay? And the scripture that I gave you before were Colossians 2, 11 through 12, and 1 Peter 3, uh, 21, okay? So this is what happened. This is what happened when we lost those foundational teachings, those foundational truths. <clears throat> the, this earth literally went into the dark ages. There was no witty invention because witty invention comes from God. Um, Satan does not create, darkness does not create, it only imitates. Anything that's created, it, it's inspired by the Holy Ghost, okay? But if you have no Holy Ghost in your teaching, then, uh, in and just, you know, people walking in the things of the Spirit, then all you have is darkness. So this earth literally went into the medieval, what's known as the medieval times, for centuries, because these three truths were lost. Okay. And what happened when it started to come back into teaching was, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm having a hard time with my throat today, with Martin Luther. Martin Luther was a Catholic who was walking up the up and down the stairs in uh, the church building one day because he was trying to figure out how to get his, his relative out of purgatory. And he decided he was going to search the scriptures. And when he searched the scriptures, he realized that we were justified through faith in the blood of Christ. And it wasn't through works because he was under the teaching that it had to do with works and he couldn't figure out how to get his buddy out of purgatory. <clears throat> well, when he realized that it was justification through faith in the blood, he started, he was so excited. He went to his elders and started sharing that and they were furious with him. And he actually left where he was, and that's how the Lutheran movement got started. That was the first truth after centuries. <clears throat> that was the first foundational truth that started being taught in the earth again. Okay. And then there was, um, uh, just as he had the zeal to get justification through faith in the blood back into teaching, there were three men. Um, they were named Hummer, Grebel, and Mans. And during their study time, the Holy Spirit revealed to them um, water baptism by full submersion because back then they were sprinkling. Okay. And that's not how God set it up. He didn't set it up that way. He set it up to be submerged into water. So through their studying, they realized that they had to get out of ritual sprinkle, sprinkling and be submerged in water the way that God set it up in the first place. <clears throat> And they were, they were as excited and had as much zeal as Martin Luther did about um, the revelation that he was given about justification through faith in the blood. So what happened was when they started submerging people, the ones that were ticked off at them for bringing that truth back into the, into the earth, <clears throat> they started holding people under the water and drowning them. Not Humbear, Grebel, and, and Mans. They were the ones that brought the truth back or started teaching that the true uh, water baptism, but the people that were upset with them, they would hold people underwater and drown them. That's how, <clears throat> that's how much Satan didn't want this truth back in the earth because darkness is the one that didn't want those three truths in the earth because he knew if the foundations were destroyed, what can the righteous do? That's what the book of Psalms says. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So those foundational truths, justification through faith in the blood, 
water baptism and baptism in the Holy Spirit. Those are foundational truths. When they were taken away, <clears throat> it destroyed it destroyed um, the earth, basically, or or the being able to walk in the realm of the spirit in the earth. And Satan knew that. Okay. <clears throat> After the restoration of those two foundational truths, justification through faith in the blood and water baptism, many minor truths would be restored in the church also. And one of the fundamental one one of, one of the fundamental ones was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Men like Calvin Klein in uh, in 1528, John Knox in 1547 gave momentum, okay, to revival of the two foundational truths, justification through faith and water baptism, okay? Then came the Quakers in 1647, followed by John Wesley in 1735, and the Holiness movie, Movement in 1874. This finally led to the church, led the church into baptism of the Holy Spirit in 1906, okay? So when those three truths, now here's what's interesting. <clears throat> Those three truths came back into teaching in the earth. Okay, by 1906, all three of them were being taught again. What happens then? It spins the earth out of the dark ages because now witty invention is happening. All sorts of things are being invented. Before that, there was no invention happening. There, nobody was inventing anything because invention, witty invention comes from God, comes from the power of the Holy Spirit, giving somebody an idea, giving somebody a an, an witty invention. He says, I give you the power to get wealth. Okay. So um, it's interesting. Uh, I wanted to share about water baptism and the significance of water baptism. But I wanted to show you how important it, it is also because Satan literally, darkness literally, had to remove water baptism as one of the foundational truths to spin the earth into the dark ages. It was one of the three foundational truths that had to be removed from teaching to spin this world into the dark ages that was in the dark ages for centuries upon centuries. And it all uh, came back into play by 1906, literally. So I thought that was, that would be interesting for some of you who, uh, I got on the subject of water baptism not too long ago with a friend of mine, a Facebook friend, because uh, somebody was talking about doing sporadic water baptisms at this event. And I go, what do you mean sporadic water baptisms? And they were, they were going to do some like music and then have people just get baptized. And I said, you can't do that because this is what happens for, for every truth God has, Satan tries to pervert it. Okay. So just to do it like a sporadic water baptism, it's an actual thing that God set up. And if you're just playing around with it, Satan can get in there and darkness of any kind can get in there and manipulate it and turn it into a mockery. So for people not to understand water baptism and say they're going to do sporadic water baptisms while they're doing this Christian music, blah, blah, blah. That's a huge no-no because it's a supernatural event. And if God's not entering the scene, there's going to be another entity entering the scene to pervert that action. And so it's not going to be a circumcision of the mind like God set it up. It's going to be something else doing something to the mind. If it's not taught correctly and accurately and received the way it should be received, it's not to be toyed with. Water baptism is not a playground for Christians. It's actually a supernatural operation, not made by the hands of man, but by the power of God.
So I'm going to stop here now. I wanted to give you enough information on water baptism, and maybe some of you will go down and water baptize yourself or or have somebody water baptize you and receive water baptism the way that God set it up, knowing that your mind is going to be circumcised and and it's going to be uh, give you a good and clear conscience. It has to do with removing um, stuff that has to do with your carnal nature, your passions and lusts, okay? So um, I wanted to share that with you. I want to share one more story too. The man that shared water baptism, this teaching, he his son had gotten in a, into a motorcycle wreck and he got really screwed up in his mind. And um, he had somebody come over, this guy that this man by the name of Steve Ryder, who actually has a healing ministry. He actually does walk in the healing uh, healing power of God. And <clears throat> this man came over and prayed for this other man's son, this minister's son. And the next day when the son woke up, all these scabs were laying on the, on the sheets because his physical body had been healed. But the thing that hadn't been healed was his mind. His mind was still not coming into right standing. I mean, it was still messed up from being in this motorcycle accident. So the minister went before the Lord and he's like questioning the Lord, asking the Lord, you know, you healed his body. What about his mind? And the Lord spoke to him and he said, take him down and water baptize him. And every time I talk about this, I cry. But he took him down and water baptized him. And it snapped the son's mind back into the righteousness of Christ. And his mind became healed through water baptism. And that just kind of blew my mind. Because that's how powerful water baptism is. So um, I wanted to share that with you. Every time I talk about that, I cry. So anyhow, I want to thank you for joining me here today. I hope this helped you understand what water baptism was set up for and how powerful it is and how, how it was. it's such a powerful thing that Satan removed it from the earth, just as he removed justification through faith in the blood and uh, baptism of the, of the Holy Spirit. One of the things they did with people that were walking in the Spirit of God back then is they would burn them at the stake as witches. If you were walking in the power of God, you'd get burned at the stake as a witch because it was considered magic. So, um, and I know a lot of you know that, but I just wanted to share this with the, some of the new believers so they have an understanding of how important water baptism is and it's not to be toyed with and it's not to be taken as a ritual. It's a weapon over your mind, over your soul. Anyhow, thank you, and I hope you join me again next week.